Welcome to Shape by Faith with your host, Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. We shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. I have an amazing guest, Carlos Vallis. Now, I interviewed his wife, Christine, a few weeks ago. Um, Carlos is a graduate of Karis Bible College, and he currently serves with Karis Bible College in Orlando, Florida, as a group leader for interactive groups and as a team-led assistant for missions. Carlos has led numerous Bible studies on biblical worldview and Old and New Testament studies, and he's worked behind the scenes as a lead host for social media teams for live on-air Bible studies on Gospel Truth TV. He recently retired as a program specialist for federal law enforcement training centers, and he's trained thousands of federal, state, local, tribal, and military personnel in their respective fields in both foreign and domestic arenas for over 25 years. He lives in Jacksonville, Florida, with his more than famous wife, Christine. So welcome to Shape by Faith, Carlos. Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I, I'm fascinated um, by what you did for, you know, by your job as a program specialist. So um, do you want to talk about that and sure. about the training? Sure. Well, I, there's a federal law enforcement training centers. They are basically the big school to train everything from federal, state, local, military, tribal. And they are in four locations over the United States. We also have sites internationally. So what happened with my career was that I was an instructor and my forte, my strength was on special operations, active shooter response, physical techniques, training and such. And after a while, I kept doing that. I became a senior and I kept training, training. And then one day they asked me, hey, would you mind running some programs for us? So I became a program specialist, which um, in a very few words basically meant that the programs that I was running and I was training students, advanced students, um, now I was in charge of them. So now suddenly I was not only in charge of just putting the personnel there to train, but now I'm in charge of funding, of budgeting, going to Washington to ask for funding, uh, student housing, student conduct. All these things were now mine. Wow. And my whole business was basically to make sure that all, all the programs we were running domestically were uniform and continuous and that there was nothing different from each program. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now you're in charge of everything. <laughs> it sounds like. So, so yeah. <laughs> um, Carlos, the training, can you explain that, break that down just a little bit about the training? Yeah. Uh, some of what I can explain, uh, some of it's still classified, but what I can explain is that um, with the students, uh, they came in many times. I was in charge of center advanced classes, meaning that these folks were in the field from anywhere from three to 20 years. Um, if they were going to go with deployed, they would get deployed. If they were going to come, for example, a U.S. Marshal class would come to me and the director said, train these guys, or we would go to Louisiana to train them. We would keep on training. But one thing that was really important about this to me was it is a mission field in itself. Mm. And, you know, being a mission field is is totally important because in, in the first day, they, 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 they look at you and they test you. They want to see if this guy's real, if, uh, you know, so it, does this guy have an edge or what is he all about? But by the end of the week, they become a band of brothers. They're like my sons. 
and you know, and they know where I stand, and they know down to the down to the letter. They would tell me, "Are you a Christian?" Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> you know, is and and one I remember one guy was pretty stone hearted, and towards the end he goes, "Just explain to me, if there's a God. Why is there so much evil in this world?" Mm. And I told him, you know, the question seems innocent on the surface, but it's really a sinister way of denying the existence of God. So I told him, you know, not only does God exist, but can he exist in the presence of evil, death, and suffering? How is that possible? And I said, simple, because there's a devil, (laughs) you know? So there's not just God, just not light. There's darkness. There's not just good. There's evil. So how is it that we can excuse ourselves, I told him, from the very belief in God because of something contrary to what we think God should be exists, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So we, we, I, we res- building relationships really came as a big part of me while I'm training in these things that are very covert and very tactical. Basically tell them, look, the good news is so good that the bad news doesn't matter. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. That's incredible that you could actually, you know, witness to the men that you were training. And I think so many people, Carlos, might have a mindset, well, you know, this is a job I'm doing and I I separate that from my faith. You know, um, how would you encourage someone that has a career to serve God in their job? Well, see, good question, Teresa. See, we as believers are also teachers. We're business people, engineers, mechanics, cooks, and we have vocations. Mm-hmm. And they take up a significant part of our lives, yes. And we were blessed to have the opportunity to do work that we enjoyed, work that was challenging, interesting, and had productive value. Then it would be natural for us to feel a sense of loss if we did not also share a part of us with them. Mm-hmm. What makes us go? And I think that in many ways, we define for ourselves based on our work identity. But this is what we do, not who we truly are. So when we look at a, a, a an occupation or a business that we have, and we see us, the person, who were we before we entered that field? God says in Matthew 6, 33, you know, seek first his righteousness and everything else will follow. And I think with retirement, that's what happens uh, with a lot of people. I had numerous people come to me and say, how do you do it? And mm-hmm. that's in the program. I'll later talk about it because that is the pivotal question. Who are we? Not our title not our business name, It's an, that's an identity crisis about to happen. And that can be a challenge in retirement and also in the workforce for many. Yeah, that is so true. We have to know that our identity comes from Christ himself and not, not from our work or who we are in society or what we have, but through Christ. I, I, I think that's hard for people, Carlos. I, yes. I do. I, I think if yeah. someone has worked at, at, a, at a position for, let's say, 40 years mm-hmm. and then they retire, um, if if there is not that strong faith on who they are in Christ, I, I think you can become lost or Amen. depressed or down pretty quickly. Amen. Amen. So true. You know, uh, since I retired, I can no longer identify myself as my title. Not that I did, but I knew who I was. I knew what they saw of me before they got to know me. So I imagine the identity question is on the minds of many new retirees, especially those who spend their lives in long successful careers. And I also suspect that uh, some may struggle with these issues as a result. But we as Christians, we aren't exempt from such struggles either. But we rely on Matthew 7, which I don't remember the verse right now, but basically the house built on the rock has Mm -hmm. an everlasting foundation upon which to establish our identity. 
That's good. So before you retired, did you ask God what you should be doing after retirement? Like, did you know? Mm. Another interesting question. Um, you know, yes and no. Um, the interesting thing is that hearing God is something that a lot of people have asked me in the workforce, you know, especially. Uh, how do you hear from God? Is it an audible voice? This is no. This is, you know, in your heart. And to me, there are two reasons why people don't hear from God. One is because we're not listening, but two is because he's not speaking. <laughs> mm-hmm. And people laugh and said, well, think about it. There are times when I'll speak in tongues where I'll speak in, in, in I'll pray to the Lord for, for, and I just say, Lord, have your way. And let's say, for example, Christine and I were thinking about a house. Mm-hmm. And finally, I start praying, 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 but I don't pray about the house. I pray, Lord, you know more than me and Christine what we need. So you let me know. You know, in about days pass by, I don't even think about a house, but other things come up that download in my heart that I said, wow, I never thought about that. Six months down the line, I get those things fixed. And you know what? I don't want a house anymore. (laughs) It's gone. Or it's like, oh, now I know why you set me up because there are some things I needed to fix inside my heart. And it didn't have to be necessarily bad things. It's just things that I left untied. And God said, you want me to manage you? Carlos, when you rest, I work. When you work, I cannot do anything. So rest mm-hmm. in me. Pray, believe. If I'm not speaking, I'm probably not speaking. Mm-hmm. Keep on going as you are. But I'll download into your heart what I need from you. So that with that question, yeah, I, I did believe that after retirement, and yes and no because of that answer. Um, mm-hmm. I knew when it was time, and I would drive Christine crazy. I would say, I'm leaving January. Now I think I'm going to go March. But the beautiful thing about Christine is what she said, do as the Lord leads. And when I said June 30th, 2022, bam, but it was never looking back. (laughs) (laughs) That is so good. Okay, let's take a real quick break. We'll be back with more Shape by Faith. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith, Carlos. um, I enjoy talking to you. It's been a short period of time that we've gotten to know each other, but I like you because I love your wife and I love what you (laughs) have to say. Um, You're recently retired And uh, I love God's word on this. So what does God's word say about retirement? Well, interesting, uh, Teresa. There's a, I was looking all of the Bible for this, you know, just to get information. But the beautiful thing about the Bible is that it's living. Amen. Mm -hmm. And so there were other verses that were jumping at me and saying, Carlos, this is your your revelation for this verse as you start thinking about or walking into retirement. But then they found a passage in Numbers 8 and verses 23, 26, where the Lord said to Moses, this applies to all the Levites, men 25 years old or more, shall come to take part in the work of the tent of meeting. But at the age of 50, they must retire from the regular service and work no longer. They may assist their brothers in performing their duties at the tent of meeting, but they themselves must not do the work. This then is how you are to sign the responsibilities of the Levites. But that's me, I dig deep into the word. And um, the word, as I start reading that Hebrew word, Sarak, I start finding out that word is not retire. Okay, that word does not appear as retire. It doesn't appear anywhere else. But the intent remains the same. It says, and from the age of 50 years, they shall withdraw from the duty of the service and serve no more. So this is critical. See, the Levites were responsible for everything, all aspects of the tent of meeting, administering sacrifices, maintenance, protection. They handled everything. Mm -hmm. But at the age of 50, the word, they would transition 
to a different responsibility. And this was serving outside the tent. They would still be noble. They would still be elders. They would still give advice. But no longer did they have that. So it wasn't really a change because a change is an event. A transition is a process. We as Christians are not looking to retire. Retirement is not a biblical concept. That brought to me that it's a cultural concept. Mm-hmm. If the Lord gives you breath, it is because he has still work for you to do. That's right. Our goal should be to finish life well, right? Yes. So retirement is a phase in life where you can use your gifts, your skill, your abilities to glorify God differently than when you were working full time. That's all it is. That's good. Okay. What would you say to someone that says, well, you know, I want to travel um, the world. I haven't been able to do that because I've worked full time since I was 16 years old. Um, what would you say to them? Well, this is, this is a trap because what happens is that, you know, um, what happens in, in retirement of what I've seen was that there's a phase, it's a honeymoon phase mm-hmm. where you're saying, oh, once I retire, I'm going to get this job, these retirement gag gifts, and I'm going to find myself, I'm free of so many responsibilities. But then comes a disenchantment phase where you're like, this is it. <laughs> so... <laughs> You're after looking forward to the stage for so long, a number of retirees might feel with a feeling of letdown. Yeah. So what I like to give into them is a reorientation, not just building a new identity, but bring back your identity, who you were, plan wisely. And one of the greatest opportunities is to serve. Instead of serving in a tennis court or pickleball court, you know, you might want to serve in a, use your gifts to some ministries. Mm. There are some organizations out there, Teresa, like the SOAR ministry, Yes. They connect married volunteers, you know, with who have RVs and travel trailers. Mm-hmm. There are organizations who do graphical design, vehicle maintenance, all for the glory of God. So I tell these people, be heavenly minded, not retirement minded, because not only will you have peace and joy, you'll also be much happier. That's good. So how would you suggest someone to prepare? Let's say someone is getting ready to um, transition, let's use that word. <laughs> so right. mm-hmm. how would you suggest to them to prepare themselves spiritually, mentally, and maybe even physically? Uh, spending time in the word, Teresa. Mm-hmm. And if they if they haven't had that or left that for a long time ago, I would really take the time to look back into that. See, because behavior follows belief. So look at belief as a mindset. Mm-hmm. Behavior is going to follow that. So it's important to gain clarity on who owns all your stuff. See, the Bible is clear. God owns it all. We are called to be great stewards of what he has entrusted and blessed us with. Yes. We are called to multiply what we've been entrusted with, right, for the benefit of others, but not just for self-serving purposes. Mm-hmm. So when we spend time in the Word, just like when I used to spend time praying, it says it's not coming through. And I remember one time I was praying in tongues to myself, and and then I just had a great eureka moment where something came to me and I said, Lord, thank you. I never asked for this. So thank you. And God said, yes, you did. I said, no, I didn't. I said, yes, you did. When you spoke to me, you didn't know what you were saying, but I knew. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is good. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so good. It, it, it's a principle that just goes because you let him be your boss. Because guess what? When you were working, he still was your boss. Mm-hmm. How do I want to know that? Spend time in his word. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Pray, spend time in the word, ask him. I love you and Christine both said the same thing. Ask him, Amen. ask him, Lord, what do you, what do you have for me? Lord, how do you want me to do this? Or Amen. like when you were talking about your house, you know, 
Um, yep. you, do I need to buy this? And, and, and I love how God helps us to navigate through each single day. And, and the key is prayer. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? Pray. Mm, Spend so time in the word. But so important. Mm-hmm. So many times people are, they, they don't think about that so important. So, um, what are some things that you're doing to serve the Lord and continuing moving in his direction in this new season? Well, one thing that uh, has come in, uh, Teresa, and I don't know how much time we have left, but um, I knew that in Ecclesiastes, it tells us that God has made everything beautiful in his time, or mm-hmm. something to that effect. So that tells me that he put eternity into man's heart. Think of it. We instinctively know that there is more to life than years we will have on earth. We know we were created for something more. So I, I I look at this time and I'm thinking to myself, well, I look at Kara's Bible College and I knew this is something I wanted to complete. I didn't want to finish it because I knew that Christine was about to finish it herself. So in that time, I would regurgitate everything I learned in a year, get it together, and then go out. I can tell you really quickly that it was wonderful. In about a year and a half's time, we traveled more than we did before when I was working. We went on a mission trip to San, uh, San Jose, Costa Rica. We're going on another one in April. We've become, uh, we graduated from Caris Bible College. We're now leaders in Bible College as volunteers. And I look at myself now and say, how did I do the things I do when I was doing them now while I was working? I have no idea. Mm. So your life is expanded. Mm-hmm. And, and God always shows us. You know, he shows us what we should be doing. So you and Christine, you served together as a couple. Mm -hmm. And I think you just kind of broke that down. So you're going Mm -hmm. on a mission trip and and you're both at the college. So, you know, I've also heard couples say, you know, they don't know each other when one retires and and Mm -hmm. they they didn't have that, you know, intimacy mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. as far as getting to know each other how would you yes. speak into that well it's uh you know it, it's true that you have when you have uh, a single purpose so you're still you know you're a husband your wife your father your grandmother your friend but more importantly you're still a christian you have brothers and sisters in christ and you have co-laborers in your local church so Again, like I said, it's not so much that, you know, you still need that uniformity. Christine has her appointed times, which is an awesome ministry. And once in a while, she would see me walking around, especially in the COVID years where I was a microphone, and I was facilitating 100 people on YouTube. Mm. And she would look at me and say, oh, I have a question. Where before I would know, once I'm done, I put it away and go help her with her ministry. Mm-hmm. Now it's the other way around. Now because she, I knew what she did. She didn't really know what I did <laughs> many oh, times. Yeah. So so now now we come together and um, with small groups. She says, "Can you lead this? Can you take this?" So she actually was saying, "I'm learning from you as you do this because wow, I never knew you had this in you." So it was more on her end than on mine. I already knew my wife. I don't think she really knew some of the assets that I had or I could bring to the table, which um, I'm doing now. So. I guess the, the bottom line, though, is that we were still Christians who were still at heart and we we're still together in each other's lives. Yes. And, you know, I, I truly believe that that God wants spouses to work together in ministry. I really do. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important. I think it, it draws you close to God, but I, I think it also draws you also close to one another 
And that's a beautiful thing. So um, we're going to go ahead and take another real quick break. So we'll be back with more Shape by Faith. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Carlos, you have given us a lot of great information and about retirement. And bottom line is pray and ask God what you should be doing, you know. Um, get in his word, spend time in his word, and he will help you transition to other responsibilities. And it's amazing that um, when you are spending time with the Lord and you're retired from your job that you had for so many years, you have all this time, which probably doesn't seem like a lot of time now when you're spending time with God and you're doing mission work full time, does it? Mm. <laughs> I mean, well. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's a different relationship. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> let's let's talk about you know as people get older, sometimes things happen. They they may be injured. They may have some ailment. Um, something going on in their physical body where they get discouraged. And I think the mindset can go in the direction of, you know, I believe in God, but I don't think you know, he's going to heal me or healing's not for today. How would you speak into um, that as far as healing? Well, wow. You know, this is a question that has come up many times. And in my line of work, we've seen a lot of people um, injured, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I had, uh, this was, this was basically for folks who came to me and they said, you know, I've seen I know you believe in this power of healing. I know you believe in, in, in health and stuff. And I know God loves me. In no way will he cast me down. One thing I would tell them is that when we have that uh, background into which a lot of bad things happen as you go through in life, you've seen some things that, you know, are not ungodly. Are ungodly. And so I would tell them, you know, the way to do this is you have to count, cut the mountain piece by piece. Just because, and I gave them the example of Jesus and the fig tree. When Jesus went up to the Mount of Olives, he saw the fig tree there and he cursed it, right? Mm -hmm. But as soon as he did that, what did he do next? He went down. Peter didn't see anything fascinating. He said, okay, the Lord cursed the fig tree, cursed the disease. It's fine. But then he didn't see anything. Jesus then the next day went down the mountain and what did he do? He cleansed the temple. What's mm -hmm. the temple? It's our body. That's so Today, good. it's our body, amen? So he took all the sellers, everybody overturned the tables, whipped them out, cleansed the, tape, the temple. And the next day, as they went out, Peter said, Lord, the fig tree, yes, it's withered. But he was demonstrating what you have to do. Same thing with King Ahaz and Hezekiah. King Ahaz was an evil king. He shut the doors, left everything, abominations inside that temple. Now, Old Testament, think our temple is the body, right? Mm -hmm. So what did his son do, Hezekiah? The first thing he did was he took, opened everything out, threw it in the Valley of Kidron, burned it all, and it didn't take a long time, but it took three weeks before the manifestation showed. So there's a great verse in Isaiah 41, 15, 6, that he says God is so loving that he gives you other ways to attack the mountain. Cut the mountain piece by piece. You will thrash the mountain of your sickness and beat them small, and they shall winnow them. And you will winnow them, and the wind will take it, and it will go away, and you will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. This is a weapon from God. But you have to open the door, just like Jesus did. Open the door, just like Hezekiah did. Open the door, open the door, speak. You must speak. But before you do that, what is in your temple that needs to be cleansed? And that is very, very powerful. And I found out, wow, I thought I asked for healing and boom, it's going to happen. Yes, I've seen that happen. I've seen uh, 
people were bent over in the second instantly stand. But other times when people say, well, I don't see anything happening. I said, how do you know? Because your five senses can't see that, but it's healing. Believe only. That's all you have to do. And over time, I've seen more than enough, Teresa, where I've seen them actually overcome. And they said, clean the temple, right? Amen. Clean the temple. So I just want to encourage folks out there that are still dealing with some pain or some back injuries that are from, from, from the war or what have you. Pray. Cleanse your temple. Speak. Open your mouth. And he will be cleansed. That is so good. You know, Carlos, as you were sharing that, you know, what I do is I help people shape their bodies and hearts for God's purposes. And of course, focused in on the word and then the body. But, you know, it, it, the body, the temple is the whole thing. It is Mm -hmm. our spirit, mind and body. So what's in the heart? You know, are we harboring unforgiveness? Are, what are we doing? What are we eating? What are we drinking? What are we allowing ourselves to see that maybe we shouldn't be seeing, you know, something inappropriate? What are we doing? What, what about the activities? What are we allowing in our home? I think it all kind of plays into, our mindset, our temple, our body, our spirit, our heart, all of those things. Yes, ma'am. Um, Amen. And, Amen. and I think those are important when you were, I love that example mm-hmm. about Jesus cleansing the temple. That is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, that was and, fresh revelation for me. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah. And I want to say many times we get, oh, I'm thinking about this bad thought. I'm thinking it's not you. That's the enemy or that's the flesh. So mm-hmm. you are forgiven. You're under grace. Don't worry about that. What the temple meant is these people were already pegged in there, concreted, and not wanting to move. That mm-hmm. had to go. And mm-hmm. as a guy's temple, Nahaz, all the bad stuff, that had to go. That's what they mean. Not a passive thought or something. Oh, I thought bad. I did this. Sin is not an issue. Mm-hmm. It's just those strongholds we have, we have to remove. Mm-hmm. That's good. That is so good. Okay. Our, our time is about out. So... Do you mind closing our program in prayer as the Lord leads you? Oh, I would love to. Absolutely. I'll say a quick prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, you um, have not given us the spirit of fear, but one of power and love and of a sound mind, as it says in 2 Timothy. Um, Please help us walk through this transition wherever we go with peace that only comes as we trust in you. And I now lay these fears before you and ask you to help us overcome them today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Carlos, thank you so much. I just, I really love what you had to say. Everything was biblically based and Amen. you are so correct. We should not be retiring. <laughs> we should be transitioning. And Amen. Uh, yeah, you were an awesome guest. So thank you so much. Thank you. And if you need to reach out to me, you can do it via my wife's website. <laughs> She's That's in charge. Right. ChristineVallis.com. That's right. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more.